1: Kobe in the fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire podcast coming at you Tuesday night after the Timberwolves lose to the New Orleans Pelicans by three on a last second Brandon Ingram buzzer beater. We'll get into that last play of the game in the two or so minutes that led up to that shot but I think the story of this game is how the Wolves just kind of came out casual tonight. Uh, that was the eye test if you watched the game and it was it's very clearly the message from Finch and Cat and Ant after the game, just that they, they came out tonight without any fight. The Wolves, they're an interesting team that way. They simultaneously have a lot of individual talent and also clearly a very small margin for error. If, if they aren't doing the things that inspire them, like bust their ass on defense, then their offensive talent just isn't good enough. We've seen this this year, like, Yes, you've got Carl Anthony Towns, great offensive player, Delo, really good playmaker who can hit tough shots, Anthony Edwards an explosive athlete who can get at you at the rim, beyond the line, but we're just at the point in the season where where we know that these that those three for one reason or another just aren't the Brooklyn Nets where they can just kind of fall back on their talent offensively. Cat and Ant and Delo are good, but they're not that good. The, you know, the Nets they can get away with being lazy and still kind of out-talent you at the end of the game. The Wolves, they tried to do that tonight in New Orleans. Not a great, not a terrible opponent, not a great opponent. And like when they've tried to do that against other teams this season, they just don't have, they don't have the juice. Like, yes, the Cat and d and Ant Threesome have a really good net rating this season. We talked about that extensively after the last game, you know, giving them their due. But... What is behind that really good net rating is defense. What has made that threesome successful this year is that the defense has been really good when those three have shared the floor. The defensive rating with those three on the floor this season is 99th percentile. Tonight was not a 99th percentile defensive performance from the Wolves, and that's because they can't be casual and they can't be casual and expect to find defensive success. Here's Cat after tonight's game, hearing some frustrations about the Wolves kind of feeling themselves a little too much coming into this one.
2: We acted like we was just going to walk in and get a win. and It's going to be sweet. We're going to come in, get a five-game winning streak. It's cool. It's the NBA. You got to work for that. I ain't just giving. We came out here acting like it was going to be just given to us this game. That team fights. We know what they do. We've played them three times, and we've garnered great leads against them, and they've come back every single time. You know, we – I don't know what the confusion was. I don't know if we thought it was like we the Warriors all of a sudden. I, I don't know, but we we got we got to play basketball our way. We didn't do that in the first half. Game got tight. We tried to flip the switch. The switch wasn't flipping, and then finally we got some shots to go in. You know, we just great offensive players, and it, it, it's it's not the way to win basketball game. We didn't we didn't play to win a basketball game. I felt like we played hoping that they would give us the game. I will say the fight was there
1: at the end of the game tonight, even if it was a little late to the party with five minutes left in the game. The Wolves had kind of been running their offense through cat and they were coming back uh, with five left. They'd cut the Pelicans lead down to three and they they found cat in single coverage on the left block. He turned left shoulder on Valanciunas, and he just he just missed one of those point blank ready hooks that he normally hits. The Pels then went down on the other end of the floor. Devontae Graham hits a three. Chris Finch calls a timeout. That felt like a backbreaker. But to the Wolves' credit, it wasn't. They, After the Finch timeout, the Wolves came out. They went on a 7 0 run. Cat hits a three. Then Ant attacks the basket, gets two free throws. Then Ant drives and hits a driving runner. 7 0 run. And the Wolves have taken the lead 112 to 111 with three and a half minutes to go. Pelicans fight back, as they did this back and forth, kind of down the stretch here. After that, the Pelicans went on a 6-0 run from there. Herbert Jones made four free free throws. D'Lo missed two threes. Josh Hart got a dunk. It was another time where you're like, okay, feels like they're dead. But then, kind of out of nowhere, because he certainly started the game very slowly, Anthony Edwards just took off. He hits a step-back three. Then on the other end, it's back and forth between him and Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram goes and hits an and-one-three that fouled Jared Vanderbilt out of the game. So now the Wolves, again, you're kind of like, okay, Vando's out, and-one-three, they feel dead again. Wolves are down 121-115, but then Ant hits another three. Ingram hits another three back at him. Ant punches back by getting into the rim. He gets a bucket. It's now Pelicans 124, Wolves 120, with 42 seconds left in the game. Still, at that point, you know, four-point deficit, four, only 42 seconds left, felt like a long shot. But it wasn't the the Wolves cut it down. Ingram turns it over on that possession, uh, dribbling it off his leg. So the Wolves have life down by four. There's now 21 seconds left. Finch calls another timeout. And understandably, I think we all sort of saw it coming. He drew up a play for Ant. Ant had 12 points over the last like two and a half minutes leading up to that without missing a shot. So I very much understand going to Anthony Edwards there. And you might just disagree with this if you if you watch the game and, and saw the, the play I'm talking about here, but I, I didn't really like the play that Finch drew up here. Um, again, they're down by four, 21 seconds left that he drew up for Ant. Um, if you watch the game, again, I'm, I'm talking about the out-of-timeout play that led to a missed Ant three in the corner. And it wasn't the play I didn't like. It was one of those Brad Stevens, like, bombing it from half court to the opposite side corner and they they executed it well um they inbounded it to cat who then kicks to ant in the corner there they kind of i don't know hit the cutoff man to the corner sort of action in that way um it was kind of a fading three by ant but ant was hot so i understand why they went to it and again i don't dislike going to ant there he was rolling but i didn't like the corner look for ant for some reason it's hard Exactly, going back and watched it a couple times to pin down exactly what it is. Um. Obviously, Ant's been making this... He's been shooting great from three recently, particularly in catch-and-shoot situations, and technically, that corner three is a catch-and-shoot look. But I almost feel like an Ant three would have had a better chance of going in in that situation if Ant just isolated at the top of the, top of the key and just pulled up from three. It's just so rarely, I feel... So rarely the wolves run actions for Ant in the corner, and so rarely does he even shoot threes out of the corner. It just—it looked to me like a play that they would normally run from Lake Beasley. Didn't go in again. Don't hate the play. Don't hate drawing it up for Ant. Didn't think those two things really merged together. But speaking of Beasley, the wolves weren't dead off of that miss. Jane McDaniel's fought for the offensive rebound. He got fouled. So the Wolves maintained possession from there. uh, The Wolves ran a dribble handoff with Cat and D'Lo that led to a ball reversal for a made three, big made three by Malik Beasley with 13 seconds left. The Wolves are now down by one. So they fouled Devontae Graham on the inbound and Graham actually missed one of his two free throws. So the Wolves are now down by two um, with, I think there was like eight seconds left at that point. And... They drew up, drew up a play. They got a clutch bucket from D'Lo on the drive, tied up the game, 125 to 125 with three and a half seconds to go. It just kind of felt like a game that was going to overtime. But I think in that feeling, I forgot that Brandon Ingram was just as hot as Anthony Edwards was. Josh Kogi subs in the game to check Ingram on the last play, but he lost Ingram off of the initial catch, and Ingram cans a deep three for a buzzer beater. Pelicans win. It did though my point is it did end up being a game where the wolves showed fight. But as Anthony Edwards says here in his post game press, press conference they kind of just started trying too late in this one. I think
3: uh I blame myself. Um I think I had zero points in the first quarter. Uh 0.0 rebounds, like three assists or yeah, like three assists. Um didn't do nothing in the first I think I had zero with two minutes left in the second zero rebounds like same stat line so I blame myself I can't perform in the fourth and not perform in the first and second quarter
2: yourself
3: i wasn't i wasn't struggling to get into the rhythm I just wasn't playing at all yeah it was it was a different it'd be different if I was taking shots I wasn't taking shots i wasn't being aggressive, I wasn't making plays, I wasn't doing anything. I was just out there.
1: Ant's final stat, tonight, stat line tonight was 28 points, 4 rebounds, and 5 assists. So he definitely doesn't leave that game with a just-out-there sort of stat line. He had 20 in the fourth quarter. 7 of 10 shooting in the fourth, 4 of 5 from deep. Very few players in the league can do that. The kid is undoubtedly special. But at the same time, very few great players, or even just all-star players in this league, have some of these mental lapses that Ant is, is having right now as a 20-year-old. It's, it's hard to pin down exactly what it is that contributes to these games where Ant just doesn't get it going mentally. This isn't the first time he's talked about just kind of being lost for half of a game. It's also not the first time he's talked about this team just not being locked in. As he was talking tonight, I thought back to after the third game of this season, actually after the Wolves also lost to the Pelicans, where Ant got up their game and said, this team needs to lock the F in. We're now at the halfway point of the season, and the locking in is just not consistently there. I asked Ant about that after tonight's game. Ant, after the the last time you guys lost to the Pelicans, you said that this team needed to lock in in that game. Seems to be a similar message tonight. What do you think goes into that where – this team sometimes does not lock in. Is it some? Is it being a younger team, or is it is it something other than that? Uh, no, nah,
3: I don't think it has nothing to do with being young. I just think, like I said, once we win a couple of games, we all, all, all 15 of us, we get a, a beside ourselves to think that we the team to be,
1: and we're not. We talk a lot here about the specific things that this team needs to do on the floor to make the playoffs. We talk about how they need to rebound better. We need. We talk about how Cat has to turn it over less. A deal has to make more shots, how they need to defend without fouling more often. But another big thing with this team, as we're reminded tonight, is just bringing it. A question looking forward at the second half of this season is, you know, what percentage of these final 41 games is this team going to bring it? And if the answer is going to be under 80 percent, which I think would, I don't know, probably be the number in past world seasons, like that's not going to be enough to make the playoffs. And again, that's because this team's margin for error is just too small. All right, let's mix in a quick break here and talk more about this game that brought the Wolves to 20 and 21 at the halfway point of the season.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right, we are back talking about the Wolves' three point loss in New Orleans on Tuesday night. Again, the Wolves are now 20 and 21 at the halfway point of the season. Ironically, that was the Wolves' exact record at the halfway point of the year of the season where they fired Tom Thibodeau three years ago. The Wolves were 19 and 21 when they fired Tibbs, and Saunders coached the 41st game that season. Saunders' first game, they won in Oklahoma City, 20 and 21 that year as well. It's interesting in hindsight to think about how much of a failure that 2018 19 season felt coming off of the the playoff season in 2017 18, even though at 20 and 21, they have the same record as this team, which is a team that I think we all agree feels like it's sort of exceeded expectations thus far. But at 20 and 21, it does feel like the Wolves going forward probably need to go over 500 in the second half of the season to meet the new expectations I think we kind of all have for them. So can they do it? And if they do it, that will only be the second time since 2005 that the Wolves have been over 500 in the second half of the season. The last time the Wolves won more games than they lost in the second half of the season was the 2017-2018 year when they made the playoffs with Tibbs and Butler. But those are the expectations, I think. Win more games than you lose in the second half of the year and make the playoffs, even if that's 21 and 20. Expectations, because I think this team has shown that they can do that. They've shown it for extended stretches of the season. It's just about consistently doing it. And I think doing it more consistently is an expectation. We are at the point, though, where so much of achieving that goal, achieving that expectation, does feel mental with this team. And I don't know where I personally fall on believing in the mental makeup of this team. You know, sometimes I think it's their biggest strength. You, you, you see the fight from a Pat Bev and a Vandal, and what that it's inspires in the group. But also sometimes I'm confused about the resilience of this team and just don't really know where they are mentally. This answer from post game, which maybe some of you have seen floating around uh, social media or whatever, I just I found to be very bizarre. And it made for one of those moments where one of those moments where you're just kind of like, I I don't know where this team is mentally. Here's Kat after the game, after he was asked, and I think the specific question here is important. He was asked, is that a next step for this team to get to where you want to go? Coming in to beat an opponent you already took care of before. Here's
2: Kat's answer to that. We can't fall for the media hype. It's as simple as that. We can't fall for the media hype same thing I've been told in Kentucky is the same thing <laughs> I know how it is I've seen it they they've done it to me enough you know they build you up you know um i've always i've always I've always been told you know they're gonna keep feeding the pig they're gonna keep feeding the pig and, and then as soon as it's as big as possible and it, it has the most uh, you know it's 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 the most Wanted is gonna, you know, they're gonna slaughter you. You <laughs> can't listen to the media. Like we know they hyping us up. Oh, great, great. It shouldn't be something that the media make up feels good. We gotta go out there and play. We should be feeling good. We should be out there four-game winning streak. What we've done this twice. Twice. This is our third time, I think we've done it now. And we never get to five. So let's get to it. Let's act like we want to get to five and then let's break the standard. Okay, get past five. Let's get to 10, 10, let's get to 15. You see the you see the Memphis right now? They up for 10 tonight. That's where I want to be. I want to have that kind of momentum, that kind of feel. We shouldn't be happy with four wins in a row. That's something we should expect to do. We should be, we should be reaching for 10. All right, maybe we lose one. All right, cool. Guess what? Get on another 10. You know what I'm trying to say? That's what winning teams. We gotta be like that. We can't get the four act like it's cold and we're going to just be giving games. We ain't giving no games in this league. We ain't earned no – Timberwolves ain't what? We ain't done much of anything in luck. How long? We ain't getting no respect. There ain't no one giving us respect. We got to go earn it every single night. Can't be four, can't be five, can't be six. It got to be 10 plus. We should be looking at it like that. We should never be looking to lose games the way we lost tonight. That's a good team, but we we, we, we better – we, we didn't go out there and play like we was better we we went out there like they were just gonna give it to us that team worked hard they play hard they got people playing really well they playing really well they 500 teams uh recently like we gotta we gotta expect to come in and fight no matter what the team is so a
1: lot to unpack there uh I'm going to take what I think is the least cynical path for a response to that answer and I think it's just that cat is still figuring this out he's figuring out who the wolves are and honestly the wolves just haven't been in situations like this where they feel like they have pressure on them, and that includes Cat. He's only been on one good team in his career. I'm not sure which media is pushing that pressure. I'm not sure who is hyping them. I don't feel like I've really heard that, but when I do hear something like that, and I hear that response from Cat, I think about how Chris Finch has said that being young is a synonym for being inconsistent. And I think another synonym for being young is being a team that is constantly trying to figure out who they are. That's also what the Wolves feel like right now. The good news I think is that as a as a basketball team, hype and everything off the court aside, like I think this team does know who they are supposed to be in between the lines. They've carved out a basketball identity and I like Cat's answer to my question about that a lot more. Carl, you said you guys didn't play basketball our way Tonight, at the halfway point of the season, how would you define basketball our way for the Timberwolves?
2: We, we, we cause the most turnovers in the league. Uh, having our turnovers and our defense translate to our offense, get some fast break points. Um, don't allow, don't, don't give them up fast break points. I mean, just off my first sentence alone, we had eight fast break points. I mean, that's not Timberwolves basketball. That's not how we've been winning. That's not how we garnered this 500 record. You know, we, we, didn't, do, we didn't do that by playing. This way we played tonight. We 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 caused turnovers. We we went we got on transition. We made points. You know We're, we should be a team that's using our youth, our athleticism, our skill, our especially offensive skill to our advantage. We our defense should translate to our offense. And then when we get in a half court set, which is not not a all the all the time thing, a rare thing, then we should be you know executing at a high level. I just think that we just we just didn't play. We didn't play Timberwolves basketball. It's pretty simple. I think if anyone who's a fan of us and a fan of this organization and this team knows exactly what I'm talking about. I think that's the right answer. We we do know what gets this team
1: going, and that is defense, the chaos, the turnovers, the defending the three-point line. It's it's a little concerning that none of the described identity there is about offense at all, really. But at the same time, if he would have said that, that would have been a made-up answer. They are still searching for an offensive identity. They don't have an offensive identity that they lean on night to night. They do have a defensive identity. It's what Cat just talked about now 41 games into the season. I know that's wild to say with the Timberwolves, but it's true. This team is good defensively. And if they do bring energy on that end, things more often than not do work out for this team. All right, let's wrap tonight on prize picks to hit on a few other specifics from this game. Uh, Cat did have a big game tonight. He settled into a rhythm in the second half after kind of jousting with Valanchunas a little bit in the first half. And Finch rewarded him by playing Cat the entire second half, all 24 minutes. Cat finished the night with 26 points, eight boards, and five assists. I took the over on eight and a half rebounds and over three and a half assists. We knew this would be a game where Cat would receive a lot of attention down low, given how New Orleans has guarded him the first three times they played him this season. And I thought Cat handled it pretty well, again, particularly in the second half. I did miss the rebounds over there, but the passing by Cat Was on point tonight, so we did hit the over on three and a half assists. I also took the over on Jared Vanderbilt points, which was, for some reason, set at six and a half. Uh, Vando actually had seven points in the first quarter alone. As we've been talking about, Vanderbilt is expanding his offensive role on this team. I don't know why prize picks dropped him down to six and a half for tonight, but I'll take it. Vanderbilt finished the night with eight. I also took the over on nine points for Patrick Beverly tonight. He finished with ten which means Beverly has now had nine or more points in 10 of the past 12 games he's played in. Uh, There was definitely a minute restriction tonight for Beverly that probably contributed to the over-under there. Beverly only played 21 minutes in the game. Uh, Again, part of that was minutes restriction, but part of it was that Finch closed the game with Malik Beasley in with the starters over Patrick Beverly. And, you know, just shout out Malik Beasley here real quick. I thought this was maybe his best game of the season from a fitting in standpoint and to put that on the back of, you know, what I thought was a pretty good game from him uh, in the, in the previous game as well. Um, I think, I don't know if, if Malik Beasley starts to have a 10, 15 game run here, that looks a lot more like last year. I'm going to think back to that Sunday game in Houston as, as how we started to kind of see him begin to to fit back in with this group. We talked about that big three Beasley hit late. But overall, he just fit in with 18 points tonight, six of eight shooting from deep. That's what they need. And Beasley was a team high, plus 12 tonight. So overall on prize picks, that's three and one for me on the night. We're up to 77, 71, and six on the year in those picks. I don't know how many of you are tracking your prize picks down to the game, but I do know many of you are playing. Uh, If you haven't tried, tried prize picks, um, I think you know how it works for me babbling about it on here. Just pick your over-unders and see where you shake out. Price picks will also throw you a $100 sign-up bonus if you sign up using the promo code DANE when you create an account. So here we are, halfway point of the season. We made it. Uh, the Wolves are 20-21. and 21. For all of you who bet the over on, what was it, like 33 and a half wins on the season for this team, like, yeah, that's looking like a pretty good bet. Uh, like I said, Tonight, even in frustrating games like this one where it feels like the game unnecessarily slips away, the Wolves are still exceeding the expectations that Vegas set for them this season. Now we just got to those damn media members. We got to take care of their expectations. Tough streak coming up here over the next week for the Wolves. They're at Memphis on Thursday, home for the Warriors on Sunday, then back on the road for the Knicks and the Hawks on a Tuesday, Wednesday, back to back. I suppose every four-game stretch feels important when you're on the fringe of the playoff hunt, but this stretch definitely is important, too. It's certainly a step up in weight class from the OKCs and the Houstons and New Orleans of the world that the Wolves have been fortunate enough to play recently. And, you know, I think we're going to learn about a lot about this team and how they respond to playing four more formidable, formidable opponents, three or four of which are on the road. I haven't pinned Britt down for a pod time yet this week, but look for that at some point in the coming days. Uh, if you don't hear from me before the Memphis game with Britt, you'll certainly hear from me no later than after Thursday's game in Memphis. I'm heading down to that one in person to cover it. So if I don't talk to you before that, we'll definitely chat then. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope
3: it never stop, yeah. Green it off so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let Sanders ever ever we'll bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah.